tough, tough loss. Obviously, we have to bounce back, uh, and we're going to stop using the word playoffs for a while. You're listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from denverstiffs.com, Adam Mades. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mades from denverstiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, Man, <laughs> bummer of an episode. You heard the lead-in from Malone, and I think it... It perfectly encapsulates the mood right now around Pepsi Center and around Denver. I think the people tuning into this show, the ones that are brave enough to listen to an episode after a a tough loss, um, I think everybody kind of feels the exact same way, which is what the heck just happened? Who the heck is this team? Uh, I'm surprised. This one really, uh, this one caught me <laughs> as off guard as any any game this year it's arguably the worst loss of the year and, and one of the worst uh performances so i'm shocked i uh <laughs> last night <laughs> feeling a bit under the weather so wasn't able to record getting this one to you a little late but probably a good thing because i didn't have any answers last night i don't have any answers today to be honest with you i mean a lot of the, a lot of the stuff i'm going to talk about isn't really theorizing or, or or trying to put out my perspective because quite frankly i have to i feel like i'm back to the drawing board on on uh, a lot of my perspective on this team and 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 some of the decisions that have been made lately so i think everybody has to kind of reevaluate and and try to and try to ride out the storm because the nuggets are clearly in a lull right now and 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 unfortunately in a lull at the uh at the worst possible time before we get to it uh a, a couple of house cleaning items first draft wednesday was a failure <laughs> for, for at least for me this, if you want to know the truth i put this loss on myself uh i i should have known this some of my followers have pointed this out but anytime i draft a nuggets player that player is like cursed i have like the opposite of the little b blessing i have like, i i curse people on accident when i bless them they get cursed and and when i curse them they get blessed i drafted Nikola Jokic, and while he put up an incredible line for fantasy purposes um Clearly, this is one of his worst games, but it's going to be one of the main topics of discussion for this episode. So, draft Wednesday, a failure. I take a little bit of responsibility. I took seventh. The the winner, MLum83, who won on the, the backs of Russell Westbrook, John Wall, Harrison Barr, actually dominated the league. 243 points in second place, had 211. That was Jake Vanderbrink's team in second. So, congrats to MLum83. Phenomenal job drafting your team. Oh, Marcus Saul as well. My goodness, he had like all 50-point scores. So um, if you want to be a part of it, download the draft app. Use the promo code LONUGGETS every Wednesday. I'd like to be able to do it to where we're playing like two or three games um, per week. I just I have a fun time. It's a good way. I always like – if you guys came to SNO, you know, I always like interacting with listeners of the show. So this is just another way to do that. Um, the games, I, I challenge you to $3 a week. It's just a, basically a friendly. So – Check it out. Follow me, LO Nugs. So you use promo code LO Nuggets, but then you find username LO Nugs and you follow me. You'll get alerts on your phone, push notifications every time I issue a new challenge. So check that out. Also, this episode is, is sponsored by MyBookie.ag. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you're asked for a payout? Sign up for MyBookie.ag today and get paid fast when you win. MyBookie is your hookup for all of your betting needs, and you can even deposit using Bitcoin. Um, 
where you bet is as important as who you're betting on. If you want to make money betting, betting the yeah, I guess the bowl game's already over. But if you, you got NBA, you got March Madness coming up. I only bet on March Madness. It's the only gambling I do. All it's like sports gambling all year, and I only again put like tiny amounts on just to make. I I, I don't know like prairie view university i don't i don't know like anybody on that roster so i'm gonna have to bet the spread just to make it interesting um uh, so that so mybookie.ag will be who i'm betting with this year for march madness um you don't have to take my word at for it check them out uh they do sponsor the show they've got odds on every matchup as well as in-game live betting on all of all of the games playoff games basketball or playoff football basketball anything you want going on um, and if you join, my bookie will match your deposit with a 50% bonus if you use my promo code, which is LOMBA. LOMBA um, will will activate the offer. You visit mybookie.ag. You look for the promo code when you sign up and, and use that promo code. You play, you win, you get paid, and they pay out fast. I think they're the f- I think their their thing is they pay out the fastest of all of these uh, online gambling sites. So you're ready to cash out, cash out, and you get your check. All right, back into these notes here. Oh, also going to let you know, we do have the Gary Harris here. One guy that played well yesterday, Gary Harris, um, been playing. He's just so steady and consistent and actually consistently improving. Um, we got a new, brand-new Gary's Army shirt that I think is our – a lot of people are saying it's the coolest one yet. Sales have been great. This might be our highest sailing shirt. Um, but it's also limited time. So I have to stress this enough. The way it works is we see how many orders come in, and then we order that many shirts. So if you miss out on this wave, if you think, oh, I'll wait and maybe in a month now, you're going to miss out because our shirts sell out, and then we don't make any more. So hop on, only $25. I think it's a really, really cool shirt, one of those shirts that you could hand down to your kids in 20 years because it's so cool, Um, one of those, like, vintage-looking tees. So check it out. Gary Harris, 11 for 14, 25 points. Seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. A little bit of everything. Clearly the best Nuggets player on the court last night. Um, and unfortunately, he was the one who won. So Malone, I rate after the game, and I want to play another quote for you. And I, and I want to say, Malone, I'm, I'm taking the quotes that I find most interesting because obviously him talking, this was a very important shift, I think, in perspective. The team has been all about the playoffs all year. And this was basically him, uh, I think, out of frustration, it took him, usually it takes him like 15 minutes to come out of the locker room. <coughs> you know, they do the post-game speeches and everything, meet, and then and then they come out. Well, after a, a loss, sometimes that could be a minute or two longer. I mean, he's kind of a very regimented guy. Last night it was like it took probably twice as long for him to come out. And you just know he's decompressing in his office or maybe, maybe you know, going over one with the, with, with the, the players or whatever. So it took him a long time, and when he came out, even a half hour after the game, he clearly had not fully decomposed. Let me play this quote for you. Overall, the message was, you guys are full of shit if you want to talk about playoffs and go out there and play like that. You, you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. Actions are, speak a lot louder than words, as we all know. If you really want to be a playoff team, and I asked Darrell Arthur, who's got playoff experience, Richard Jefferson, Paul Millsap, Mason Plumley, they know well, the way we play tonight is not even close enough to getting it done if you want to be a playoff team. So really disappointed in our effort. Uh, fans have every right to be upset. If I was paying good money to come see this team play and they put that kind of a performance on, I wouldn't come back. So some harsh words. I don't think anything he said is like <laughs> is wrong. I mean, the way they played tonight is not playoff level. With losing at home to a garbage team, that yeah, that's not you're not a playoff team. But I think if it was just one game, you know, when this happened in Philadelphia, I said okay. I don't know if this is a, a trend. I think it's just a one a one off. Well, now it's a trend because you got this game, you got the Philly game, you got the Sacramento game, which 
is a little bit to, to me the Sacramento game a little bit more under you know second night of a back to back, but it was the twenty five turnovers. So you look at that and say, okay, this team is uh, trending in a in a sloppy. Ineffective, inefficient direction, and, and and so that's a problem. Now I will say, this exact quote was brought up to Gary Harris, and I thought he responded to it very interestingly. Coach said afterwards that uh, doesn't even want to hear the word playoffs anymore. Do you think we've been talking a little look, too soon on look, that kind of stuff? Look, man, we had a bad game with twenty-one and twenty. It could be a lot worse. It could be better, but it could be a lot worse. So we just know we got to play harder. We got to get ready for Memphis. So this is interesting for a couple of reasons. I mean, I've, I've interviewed Gary Harris a lot. I think he's a stoic personality, like very, um, you know, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Sometimes it's almost hard to, <laughs> it's almost hard to read him because of that. Like he, his expressions just don't change. He interrupted Vic Lombardi in this one, and and you know you heard the look, look, look. I mean, he was visibly frustrated, and he was basically like saying, "I don't want to hear any of this." Uh, you know, I'm sure. I don't. I don't think he was like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like calling out Malone or anything like by that nature, by any means. But I think what he was saying was, don't bring this negativity around. I know Coach is frustrated. I know he's irate. I know we all are. But this is, you know, at least in his mind, something the team can bounce back from. This isn't. This isn't like. This doesn't doom them. So I think everybody was frustrated with the performance, and and everybody was upset. But at least Gary Harris. Um, you know, not feeling the way that I feel, which is quite frankly that this team isn't who I thought they were. And that's and that's the, I think what's so frustrating and sort of the revelation that Nuggets fans are having to deal with right now is at least right now they have not. Um, I think you look at like the six week trend, not just not, not you know, they had some moral victories in December, but not a lot of actual victories. Um, which was kind of to be expected given the schedule, but now that it's gotten softer, things haven't gotten better. So unfortunately, this team has to. The, the, if we're honest with ourselves, this is a mediocre team at the moment and a borderline playoff team. The Clippers are looking good. The the, the Pelicans still right there. And sadly, I thought the Nuggets. Uh, two, you know, two weeks ago, I thought, okay, the Nuggets are a playoff team. At least we don't have to worry about that stress. Well, that stress is back now. It's uh, we're going to be watching the standings. I think for quite a while, um, hoping that the Nuggets doing okay. Now for the big storyline, Nikola Jokic. This is the, to me. This is, you know, you you follow, you've listened to the show. You follow me on Twitter. You've followed my writing at Denver Stiffs. You guys know one thing. I think Nikola Jokic is a star player, a superstar player, um, or has that potential. I think he's the best team, the best player on this team, and the cornerstone piece. I think he's the most important player on this team. He has, you know, he's had the weird year, the ankle injury, and and playing next to Millsap, now playing next to Plumlee. I think, I think he's had a year of of a lot of uh, of changes and ups and downs and having to adjust. But I'll tell you what, he's not adjusting very well, and and I'm I'm probably now at the point, I'm probably more concerned at this moment than I have been for for quite some time. And I wouldn't say I'm sounding the alarm. Like I still think Jokic can snap out of this, but. Um, but the amount of games that we've seen where he hasn't just missed shot like tonight he went he missed shots you know that was the the, the storyline is he went four for twenty one it was the second most shots he's taken all year this season and I think only the the fifth most shots he's taken in his career and he made just four of them um, so he did have like kind of a complete stat line nine twelve seven two and three um, but I just think he was absolutely awful and I think he is um, in a funk and maybe in in his own head a little bit so. 
I think if you're the Nuggets, you have to look at the situation and say, is this is this part of a larger problem, or is he just in a slump? And for me, I th- I'm, I'm inclined to believe he's just in a slump, but I, I think you also have to look at it and say, okay, what are the things that are leading to the slump? Um, and before I get into this, I have to reiterate some one important thing because I see, you know, I know the speculation right now. It's, oh, he's unhappy with this or that. I see him in the locker room. I see him at practice. I interview him. I see how he interacts with different people. I, I'm, I'm around him a lot. I have never, not once, not this season, not last night, at any point, I have never heard or seen any signs of discontent from Jokic about uh, Coach Malone, about playing alongside Mason Plumley, about his role, about not getting enough touches. I have never seen any of this. You know, last night, you know, we ask him all the time, oh, do you prefer playing next to Trey Lyles? Do you prefer playing next to Wilson? Do you, know, do you prefer shooters? What is it? He always, always is very adamant that he likes playing next to Mason Plumley. He likes playing next to different guys and this and that. So um, whether... You know, people that are seeing an issue like, oh, he's this is his protest because of what they're like. I don't see any of that. I think he's just in a slump, and that doesn't mean that um, he shouldn't that that the Nuggets shouldn't be making a pl- uh, change with the rotations or starting lineup or anything like that. I'm just saying that this isn't a thing that that Jokic is secretly caping for um, or or like trying to like push uh, a, an agenda for. So. Um, whether it's the right move or wrong move, the way that the, the Nuggets are using him, he has not expressed or shown any signs of discontent in that area. So just let's just put that out there. That being said, I think the Nuggets' number one priority is how can we get Nikola Jokic going? Because you need your best player to be his... I, whenever I think you're assembling a team, and, and here's where I think that... Malone's mind frame maybe is a little bit is a little bit different as I think he he looks at Nikola Jokic and says okay he's our best player he can be the one to adapt and adjust and and, and you know he's going to have to make sacrifices and he's not a good enough player you know it's not LeBron James to where you're going to cater to everything and like you know you're going to sacrifice the rest of the roster to make sure that he's comfortable that being said I do think that you have to sacrifice some things to make sure that he is at his best that you're maxing his value and you know, I've been, if you listen to the show, I've been very pro um, Malone and Malone's rotations and his decisions lately. I think with last night's game and with the last 10 games, just looking at it as a whole, I think, it, you know, it might be time to reevaluate and start to think, um, you know, it's clearly not working. Is there a change that's needed? So obviously you look at um, the starting lineup. I don't think Malone wants to get into a situation where he's changing starters um, all the time. And if you look at it last night, Mason and Jokic didn't play a ton together. They did, like, start the game and then, you know, to close the game. You know, there were minutes like that. But there were plenty of minutes for Nikola Jokic alongside what I consider ideal lineups. And he was bad in those lineups, too. So, um, But I think you look at it and start to say, okay, we need to get him going early. Um, For me, I think the Nuggets just looking to get him the ball and to get the ball inside. By the way, one of the one of the worst trends I think for Jokic personally this season has been his the the shot profile. And I thought it was a Millsap thing early on, and I think it was a Mill. I think the the year started off with the Nuggets kind of having Jokic adapt to Millsap, and but but Jokic has become an outside player primarily. He's an outside. You know, he's always been an outside player with the dribble handoffs, but a lot of his a lot of his pick and roll game is now pick and pop out to the three point line. And last night, eight three point attempts. He was zero for eight. 
I think Jokic is a good three-point shooter when he from the top of the key, but I don't think he's a great one by any means. I think he's I always think he's going to be a 36% three-point shooter, which for a center is good, especially a center that can do so many other things. It's it's just enough to make the defense pay and make them keep you and keep you honest. But when you go 0 for 8, you're no longer the defense is no longer keeping you honest. And I think when your shot profile is almost half of your shots are coming from behind the three-point line, then I think, you know, I, I, I think there's an issue. So for the Nuggets, um, you know, I think they need uh, – their focus, in my opinion, over the next couple games should be how can we get Nikola Jokic out of this slump? Like almost almost at the uh, at the expense – you can't really – at this point, I don't think you can afford to lose games to figure this out, but I think that their, their focus and their energy has to be we have to have him playing at a high level because – it's one of those weird things where when Jokic plays well and everybody else on the roster plays poorly, the Nuggets are average. <laughs> like when 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 Jokic plays poorly and everyone else on the roster plays well, the, the Nuggets are are average. It's almost like he's he's half the team, in my opinion, in that regard, especially on the offensive end. So I think they need to focus um, on getting him shots in spots where he's most effective on the roll in the post with proper spacing around him and. Um, and that just has to be their focus. I'm not optimistic in them being able to figure that out in the short term, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Malone maybe if he doesn't tweak the starting lineup, if he uh, maybe takes Mason to the bench earlier, you know, at, at the four minute mark. Some most teams play the first six minutes with their starters, but I wouldn't be surprised if Malone maybe tried to tweak that a little bit and 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 go quicker to um, some small ball lineups uh, out of the gate and see how that looks. Mason looked better than Nikola Jokic in two of the last three games, and this has to be scary. You know, when I was watching the Sacramento game, it's sad but true. I there was a moment where I thought Jokic doesn't have it tonight. I wonder if the Nuggets should just finish Plumley and finish with the game with Plumley. And and I'm glad they didn't in both the Atlanta game and the Sacramento game because I do think that sends a that can prolong a slump that can be that can have ripple effects that you don't intend. But but at the same time, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know, last night. Mason Plumlee was playing a lot better than Jokic and and just had he, he's not a better player by any means but just he had the energy the things that he did were being more effective than Jokic which Jokic was missing shots and and, and just clearly didn't have it so um so that's a scary thought I say all that to say that not if you listen to this show it's funny that somebody accused me the other day of like trying to get the Nuggets to trade Jokic because Mason was better or something I I'm really not a Mason Plumlee fan like uh, you know, I, I I like the guy. I think he's great. I think he hustles and all these things. I just don't know. That, I don't like his fit on the roster, and I'm not a huge fan of his type of skill set. Um, but that being said, you have to tip your hat the fact that his energy and effort has been much needed. And and in games like last night, he he was a more valuable player, unfortunately. And and to me, that's a scary thought. Um, the other big story I think is is Will Barton and just the ups and downs of him as a backup point guard. You know he. I think he has been as bad as a backup point guard as he has been good. Like it's you, you almost flip a coin every night to say, well, are we going to get the effective backup point guard, Will Barton, or the or the ineffective one? And um, I think Will Barton's a fantastic player. Uh, I think he's incredibly skilled, but I think he has the toughest job on the team right now in terms of they're asking him to do things that are against his nature while also asking him to stay within his nature. They want him to be a scorer and be aggressive and just quote unquote play his game. But yet he's playing his game as the backup point guard role, and that's is just inherently tough. So, I think the other thing you look at is what do the Nuggets do now? Do they try to move? You know, one way to open up a ro- the rotation is to bring in a backup point guard. 
um, who whether on the roster or or via a trade that would move Barton back to his more natural role. And you look at the bench. You know, Malone clearly doesn't trust a lot of players on the bench. Uh, tight rotation. Tory Craig and and. Trey Lyles and Will Barton, basically the only three guys he he trusts. Well, if you could move Will Barton back into his natural position, maybe that maybe that would help alleviate. But to do that, you either have to uh, throw Moutier back out there um, and and see how he does, which I think is more likely than not to not work out. But but you never know. And or you you know try to play Monte Morris, which I don't think is really an option for the Nuggets right now. They just don't have a roster spot. Or they look at the trade market and say, okay, they need a backup point guard and and. Even if it's just a stopgap for one year, they've got players that are that are expendable um, that they they could try to bring in a backup point guard just to just to run the show and and at least even if the backup point guard isn't a good player, it at least moves Will Barton to a more natural role for himself off the bench. So Malone playing Jamal Murray thirty eight minutes last night, despite you know Murray came out and shot the ball really well in the opening, and then I thought he didn't shoot the ball very much for the rest of the game, and that's again kind of indicative I think of just how clunky and th- and 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 weird the Nuggets flow of offense is right now is that you can have players that get tons of shots in one quarter and then none the rest of the game and that that was Jamal Murray I thought in this one it just didn't look it, it didn't it looked for a while Gary Harris got hot and it looked like Murray was passing up shots to get Gary Harris the ball um, but at the same time you'd like you'd like the offense to be a little bit more just natural and free flowing and it didn't look like it was that uh, it was last night. The Nuggets also struggle, and I think Murray and Harris in particular struggle against quick point guards. And Jokic's defense was really bad. His help side defense was really bad last night. But part of the reason for that was, you know, Dennis Schroeder and uh, Malcolm Delaney, (laughs) very quick guys that the Nuggets just could not keep in front of them last night, either one of them. And Trey Lyles, most nights, is the guy that is taking advantage of the mismatch. Well, last night... He had some effectiveness on mismatches in the you know in the post and 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 shooting over guys, but I thought the mismatch actually tilted in the other direction and that Schroeder was able to get uh, Lyles out on an island to get easy easy layups blowing past him uh, after switches and and Delaney a little bit the same thing on other players. So the Nuggets struggle I think with really really quick guards like that especially teams that can spread you out the way Atlanta can and and that was one of the storylines at least last night I got to watch the game I sat down um and I, I left my media seat the, the arena was so empty I figured you know what I, I rarely get to watch the game from super up close so I went and sat really really close um so I could see the game and maybe pick up different things and you really pick up just the speed um discrepancy between the backcourts last night and Gary Harris Jamal Murray I think fast in the open court but kind of that quick twitch um first step they kind of struggle with that so i think but i think overall the story with over the last 12 15 games has just been that this new rotation is not working this new um yeah just rotation basically is it eight man rotation starting the two bigs going you know the way that things are working out it's just not working at the moment um and i'm not fully sure of the reasons but i do think that everybody including the coaching staff probably has to um has to evaluate and i'm going to leave you guys with this quote from from will barton who i think you know whatever you think of will barton i know there's a lot of people out there that don't care for his game or whatever but uh, he's a phenomenal quote and i think he is um he has the right mentality a guy his you know as, as skinny as him and his second round pick and guy that's you know, didn't get off the bench in Portland. I think for all those things, for a guy that has turned himself into the player he is now, you have to, you have to recognize the perspective that he has and the and the will to win. And I just thought I'm going to leave you with this quote because I think it's both 
um, through him throwing down the gauntlet, but also kind of uplifting and encouraging because th- as much as this is a this is the darkest part of the Nuggets uh, season so far, it's also an opportunity for them to to kind of have a gut check moment. So thanks for tuning in. I'll leave you with this quote, and then I'll see you again tomorrow. I'm not gonna say that. I'm just gonna say we gotta we gotta play harder, man. Um, you know, it's easy when you got things rolling. We're winning a lot, guys making shots, and it's easy. And you gotta flow now. You you know you think you're easy to game. Well, now it's a tough spot for us. Uh, we're gonna lose a streak, and you know now it's time to get out of it. You learn more about yourself doing that. Day. So, you know, me, I'm a guy, I like these type of times. You reveal a lot about your character. So I'm willing to embrace the challenge. I'm ready. I can't wait to play uh, against Memphis. How important is this adversity for a young team to come together? How are we going to grow without it? Especially with all these young guys playing. Like I said, Jamal's not used to winning in the NBA yet. Gary's not used to winning in the NBA yet. Yoke's not used to winning in the NBA yet. I'm not used to winning in the NBA yet as far as playing. I was a part of one playoff team, but I wasn't playing. Um, most of our young guys that's playing a lot of minutes, we haven't won. And you got to learn. You know, you're going to take hard hardships, man. It, it just comes with it. And as long as we're ready to embrace that chance, we'll be fine. If we're not, we'll fold. You mentioned embracing the challenge as a leader. Just yeah. what can you do and what can you guys do amongst each other to, to fix this? Be and honest then, with myself first, mm-hmm. and that's what we all got to do. Be honest with yourself. Can't blame nobody. Can't blame crowd, coach, the other team, nothing. You know, when you're on a three-game lose, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, what can I do better as a basketball player to help this team? Point blank. Point blank simple, man. That's it. Man. Like I said, I'm ready to embrace the challenge. I know I got to get a lot better on both ends. And like I said, I'm ready to embrace it. I'm excited for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com.